1: With the amazing support of Trish Hughes, the new United Soccer Coaches College Programs Director, we have another big time show for you today as Trish always has her radar out for big time stories. Today, we start with amazing women that work with the NWSL's Washington Spirit and also an amazing college coach that has taken advantage of the Project Change the Game Now and the Washington Spirits Alliance Partner Program where college coaches and youth coaches get unbelievable access to the Washington Spirit coaching staff, their technical staff, and their players. It is an unbelievable panel assembled by Trish Hughes, and you will enjoy it. And then we end, as this is Autism Acceptance Month, Sean Danhauser, who won the Disabilities and Allies Award of Excellence. He also won USYS Top Soccer Coach of the Year. He has a son, Jake, with autism. And Sean Danhauser puts a capper on Autism Acceptance Month and makes us realize we need to be aware of those with disabilities, not in a month, but every day, every moment, and try to make a difference. Project Change the Game Now and Autism Acceptance Month. That's our focus with the great members of the Washington Spirit and a big-time college coach led by Trish Hughes. And it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap.
0: Does managing your club or league feel like a second job?
1: I am Dean Linke, delighted to be partnering up again with United Soccer Coaches' new Director of College Programs, Trish Hughes, who continues to bring exciting topics to our United Soccer Coaches podcast. Trish, great to be with you again today.
2: Hi, Dean. So excited to be here. Thanks for having us.
1: Before I turn the keys over to Trish, let me tell you a little bit about today's topic focused on, quote, project change the game now, end quote. The NWSL's Washington Spirit, which is already playing, in fact, they played last night in the NWSL Challenge Cup, and some of our college coaches members and even youth coaching members are currently partnering with the Spirit and their Alliance Partner Program. Let me set it up even more before we meet our esteemed panel. After a successful first year in 2020, The Washington Spirit have announced the extension of the Alliance Partnership Program, a program that aims to better the youth soccer community in the Washington DC area. The Partnership Program will generate more opportunities at the club and youth player level, as well as the college level, by connecting local youth programs and college programs with the professional coaches and players at the Washington Spirit. Through this program, partner members are able to interact with the players and coaches of the Spirit by attending question and answer sessions and a coaching series with their technical staff and many other exclusive opportunities and events. It is incredibly exciting. As I mentioned, in addition to youth clubs, the program has expanded to serve local college programs as well. After a successful first year, the club is proud to have 25 clubs, two associations, one league, and six colleges signed on for the second year with more expected to be added. Spirit CEO and Director of Sporting Operations Larry Best had this to say on the program, and I quote, Creating a strong presence in our community is paramount to driving the game and sport to new heights. Our partnership program allows us to grow the game holistically with collaborative efforts and engagement with program directors who are vital to the growth and development of the game and sport at all age levels end quote overall the messaging behind the alliance partner program created by the spirit is to be a great community partner in all aspects of how they manage their club in both the business and sporting operations departments and reinforcing that message we're so pleased to have two key leaders in this initiative from the Washington Spirit staff. They are Ana Meoral, the Adult Youth Programming Director, who by way of Mexico is also a proud soccer mom. And to be fair, she is very clear that it is indeed her mission to make her team as accessible as possible to all that care about the game. That is so refreshing in today's world where it's hard to get that kind of access. Trust me, you will like Ana's message and I say hello to her now. Welcome, Ana.
3: Thank you,
1: Dean. And from the full team of Washington Spirit NWSL coaching staff, we are delighted to also have the Washington Spirit's Carrie Queaton, an assistant coach, as well as player analysis and team performance coach. Queaton has more than eight years of top flight coaching experience and holds a UEFA pro license. She has spent time with Olau Reign as an assistant coach and also spent over seven years in a coaching role in the top Danish leagues. Quinton's additional experience includes coaching in the UEFA Women's Champions League, and she has also coached for U.S. soccer at the youth level, as she was an assistant coach for the U.S. Under-18 national team, and also joined the U.S. Under-19 national team in Spain last February. Welcome, Carrie. Thank you for
4: having me.
1: So, we mentioned that this all-inclusive program with the Washington Spirit involves unparalleled access for youth clubs, soccer leagues, as well as several prominent college programs, including Catholic University Women's Soccer, George Mason Women's Soccer, Georgetown Women's Soccer, Longwood Women's Soccer, UMBC Women's Soccer, and Mount St. Mary's University Women's Soccer. Mount St. Mary's is led by Tori Krause, the eighth head coach in Mount history. Tori led the Mountaineers to their first Northeast Conference playoff appearance in 21 seasons in her first year at the helm of the program after being announced as the head coach back on March 13, 2018. Before coming to the Mount, Kraus worked as the director of performance analysis with the women's soccer program at the University of North Carolina Chapel Hill during the 2016 season. In her role, she was responsible for practice and match analytics using catapult GPS and pro zone analysis. Kraus used the data to create daily, weekly, and season game reports to enhance scouting and player and team performance. As a collegiate student athlete at Davidson College, Krause made 51 career appearances as a center midfielder with the Wildcats. The Cary, North Carolina native, which by the way, is where the College Cup will be played this year, graduated in 2014 with a Bachelor of Arts degree in history. Welcome, Tori.
5: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: So before I turn the keys, totally over to Trish Hughes, the Director of College Programs for United Soccer Coaches. Obviously, Trish, I'm delighted that you brought this topic to our attention. It certainly is one worth paying attention to.
2: Yeah, thank you, Dean. When I learned about the, the partnership that was going on with the Washington Spirit, I had the good fortune of connecting with Larry Best, who is the president of sporting operations for the Washington Spirit. An awesome guy, fierce competitor, was super excited to share about Project Change, the game now. And ultimately their goal with the Alliance Partner Program is to be a great community partner and where best for them than to engage with the college coaches. So for me in my role as the college programs officer, my goal is to tell the story of our awesome coaches and the great work they do in, in serving our student-athletes every day. And one of the, the initial founders of this program in collaboration with the Spirit was Tori Krause at Mount St. Mary's, who has just been a wonderful partner with me in helping me spread the word. And we're super excited just to tell the story today.
1: Tris, that's a great intro. Anna, tell us why this was so important for the Washington Spirit.
3: As you mentioned, in 2020, we started creating these alliance partnership programs. We started with the youth clubs, the youth associations, youth leagues. In the fall of 2020, we had this opportunity of bringing Zoom sessions with one of our players to different programs. So we started with our partners. And then I was like, you know what? We have these college players that sacrifice all their lives. I can't go to to hang out with my friends because I have soccer. I can't go to a wedding because I have soccer. I can't go here because I have soccer. Why not bring these opportunities to them? So I have uh, the pleasure to know Tori and I contacted her and explained to her my vision of what we were doing with the youth clubs to send it to the college level. The very first thing that we did was sessions with several college programs we had talks about leadership, we had talks about hardship, talks about what it takes to become a professional athlete, and it went beyond what I was expecting. It went really well. So I wanted to make sure that we do more. We start partnering, cooperating, and see what resources from the Washington spirit can help the college players, the college coaches, the college community, the college fans. That's where it all started. And uh, it was just really a progression from the community, the two-year-olds that are starting to kick the ball, all the way to the seniors in college that made one to pursue a career in coaching, in refereeing, in playing, or just become a fan of the game after college.
1: Carrie, having worked with professional clubs for a long time and a U.S. soccer ambassador a long time, I know that it's always difficult to say, all right, we've got this plan from the front office and then we've got the technical side and then coming together and coming on the same page in order to share your expertise. Talk about making that connection and then that commitment to be able to work with all these youth clubs and college clubs.
4: Yeah, so I've done ADP once already, one session before COVID uh, shut it down. And I thought it was a brilliant idea to get the most talented players in the region, take a look. And I think this is an incredible extension of that, working with now the colleges. Because it's so important in my mind that we educate our players, not just on the pitch, but also off the pitch. So when we have this connection with the colleges, the colleges are going to benefit, the coaches, the players are going to benefit because they can come watch a training session or come watch our game and then they can see different styles of play, different formations. It's just a way to especially in a covid time where you can do extra training without like any sort of risk. Like you can educate yourself in the game without any risk. It's a, it's a way of extra training actually. It's so important to educate the athletes and that they're student of the game so they can understand the how, when, and why when, when it comes to tactics.
1: Wonderful. And before I turn it over to Trish to dive deeper into this, Tori, you know, based on your background, a great player, Davidson, all the incredible things you did at North Carolina, including your study of analytics and then working with goheels.com and your variety. I can tell that education is important. I can tell that collaboration is important. So I sense when you learned about this, you definitely wanted to be a part of it. And I also realized it didn't hurt that Anna has a daughter playing for you as well. That's kind of fun.
5: Yeah, it was great when when she had approached me about this a long time ago, just to kind of run things by me and ask questions about what would be beneficial. And to me, it was really twofold. One, from my team perspective, of just getting different voices to them, you know, that's huge to me is just, I say it all the time, we have our team read books, we have them listen to podcasts, you know, just tons of different things. And you can have 30 people listen or read the same thing and everyone takes something out of it that's different. And so I think it's so important to get different voices. So with that mentorship component of things, you know, having these amazing players be able to come and talk to the team and give them advice, whether it's on the field, off the field, you know, outside career, you know, advice, you know, whatever it is, they benefit so much from it, you know, and then on the flip side of helping the NWSL to me is so important. I mean, I grew up, I had season tickets to the original courage game, the courage team growing up So impacting the league and helping the league. I have so many friends that play in it. So to kind of take this audience that I think Anna and I had discussed, was kind of left out, you know, we always try and get the youth to come to games and things like that, but you were missing out on these 18 to 22 year olds that maybe join the league, but also eventually graduate and probably stay big soccer fans and getting them involved and wanting them to contribute and go to games and support the league, that was so important to me as well.
2: Harry, if I might, as the director of college programs, one of my goals is to make sure that we are engaging with all of our divisions, whether it's NCAA Division One, Two, II, or Three, or the NJCAA. How important was it for you to be able to connect with the various coaches at various levels and help them understand the work that you do in analyzing games and give them maybe some new tools to be able to be more effective in their role as coaches.
4: It's really important to connect with all coaches. All coaches come from different backgrounds. They have different experiences and everyone can learn from everyone. The day that you say that, you're done learning or you know it all is a day you're finished, right? Like every coach, even the top coaches in the world are constantly looking to learn. And then also, like I said, it's a a two-way street. Like I would love to hear back from the college coaches, their experience, their tactics, why they do a certain thing, a certain way. If we could make some sort of collective dialogue, I think it's a massive opportunity.
2: Tori, this has been a year like no other for college coaches with COVID. And in speaking with many coaches, I don't know that folks really understand to what extent the work that has been done behind the scenes, not only in guiding students academically, positioning them to be successful and to be able to get on the field. Can you talk a little bit about the challenges that you have faced behind the scenes just in an effort to get the kids on the field and to be able to play.
5: I mean, it was wild, honestly. Um, you know, I felt like we planned and replanned and replanned again every day. You know, something new popped up every day. But you know, I think the biggest challenge was just helping deal with and handle stress levels in general. College in general is just so stressful all the time. There's so much going on, and then you just add this layer where the entire world was stressed for an entire year and had so much anxiety and trying to balance. Yes, we want to train. And we had the amazing opportunity to train all fall and and really get much better and and grow so much. But at the same time, in the grand scheme of things, it was really hard to focus on that when there was so much going on. So I think that was the biggest thing that we balanced. We tried to make it Make it fun. You know, we we trained really hard, but the way we set things up was that we we did inner squad scrimmages every Sunday. You know, we got out the uniforms, we got everything, made it like a game day, so that the kids had something, the players had something to look forward to every week, where they could just feel that sense of normalcy for at least a small part of their day, and, and help alleviate a little bit of that stress.
2: How have you been able to pull resources on your campus? You know, we we talk a lot about the. Not only the physical impacts of COVID, but the, the mental health and the stress that the students and the burden that they are carrying. Can you talk a little bit about that, that role that you had to play for them outside of the classroom, beyond the field? Because I think the role of coaches is, is quite vast and, and very inclusive of all different types of support systems that are needed to help students succeed.
5: We have a great support system here. Our counseling center is amazing. So I hand a lot to them because obviously they tell my players all the time, I'm, I'm here to help, but I can't necessarily solve problems. You know, that's not quite my, my uh, you know, so again, having that kind of educated, very educated background, you know, I like to hand things off to people that if they know better than me, I'm going to, I'm going to kind of guide you towards them. And I think that's important, but I think the toughest part was. You know, we really pride ourselves as a staff in a program where we're, we have a really close team. We want players in and out of our office. You know, I have a couch literally right to my side that, you know, we. I'll walk into my office and players are in here eating lunch just because they wanted to stop by. And that's amazing. And and those were the things that we didn't have this year. And it so it made it where we had to be a lot more intentional. We had to have a lot more planned meetings because we weren't able to just have people in and out of the building and hanging out and go walk around campus and see people and 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 chat um so we had to be a lot more intentional in how we were doing things a lot more planned team meetings all on a very small scale obviously to follow all of the COVID protocols and and things like that
2: so anna i have to ask you as i am the mom of a six-year-old with my my first game this weekend i'm an assistant coach with my u16 super excited but as, a, as the, the mom of a student athlete playing with Coach Torrey, can you talk a little bit about what this has meant to you as a mother with a soccer player playing for Coach Torrey, knowing the, the level of care and the support from the Washington Spirit? It's been great. I love Tori. She's great. She was my first phone call
3: when I wanted to to approach colleges. She was my first phone call. I tried really hard not to be the crazy mom to call her. So I usually, when it's about uh, the spirit, I'll send a text message. Hey, Tori, can we talk? Spirit related. It's very important for me to make a a clear distinction of my role as spirit representative and as a mom. On the other hand, yes, it's very important to me. Because I am a, a, a mom. I'm a soccer mom. The first time that my daughter went to a soccer game was at the Azteca in Mexico when she was three or four years old. We've been host families for professional players and, and she's watched these players watch soccer all day long. My TV has, if it's on, probably there's a soccer game going on. For me, it was important for her to keep that relationship. She was a fan of the game since 2013, so I knew what the effect that had in her following the professional league, following the Washington spirit. So I think it was just natural approaching college programs, approaching Tori asking their opinion, maybe making sure that I wasn't a crazy mom, like, uh, why do I, I want to do this? What's the benefit for the colleges? So talking to, to them, talking to Tori, talking to Todd Bramble, talking to Vanessa Mann, talking to all these college coaches, it really opened a, the path to create this partnership with them and making sure that I was not just doing it because I thought it was right, but because they thought it was right. So that's the communication, the coordination between all the programs and the Washington Spirit and that connection
2: that I think it's important to do. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate the fact that you have referenced several of the coaches that are are representing all of the divisions in the NCAA. I think one thing we, we tend to overlook is that the needs of student athletes don't change regardless of the division. The playing environment is a little bit different and, and the resources that are available. Kerry, if I may switch back to you, can you talk a little bit about your time as a student athlete at the University of North Texas? You've got a super experienced career path. You now are the assistant coach with the Spirit. How do you draw on your experience as a former student athlete playing and then coaching in Europe and now with the, as an assistant coach with a really super successful franchise of the Washington Spirit? Talk about your shared experiences and how that's prepared you for the role you serve right now.
4: Ooh, North Texas is a long time ago. I think the biggest thing I learned while in college soccer was structure. I also had a very intense major. I had graphic design. And so, you know, while all the players on the weekends were out on their, their day in between, back then we played Friday, Sunday. On Saturdays, we had a, a day out where we would go and see the town where we're at. I'd be at home, in the hotel, doing projects. So just learning that structure that I think is so important for all student athletes and professional athletes. I think that really just builds on and relates just time management. And also to be fair, just taking care of your body. When you're young and you're in college, you feel like you're invincible, but it's about performance and your best performance in order to get that no matter what level you have to be thinking about nutrition, sleep, how much stress you're getting, All those aspects that you learn in college soccer, I think, are are really, really important to carry on when you play in your professional career or for our players now.
1: We are here talking about the incredible Alliance Partnership Program led by the Washington Spirit where they're opening their doors to youth clubs, to soccer clubs, to college programs. It's fascinating. We'll be back with more right after this message.
0: College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seeding, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs.
1: Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap, where we're learning about this incredible Washington Spirit Alliance partnership program. Trish Hughes, who's the new director of college programs for United Soccer Coaches, put this panel together and I turn it back to Trish.
2: Carrie, I know you have a big game tonight coming up with the Washington Spirit. And as much as we we keep talking about COVID, obviously when we've had the pause in activities and playing and practice opportunities for, for programs, Can you talk a little bit about the challenge that COVID has presented to you and how you have had to become creative with training to find ways to keep players engaged?
4: So when we hit COVID, of course, we couldn't get into small groups. We couldn't get together as a team. So it was really intense on the Coaching end where we had to come up with individual programs that players could do with limited resources. Our staff was incredible. We got uh, equipment out to the players. We had to purchase extra equipment to, for the players so they weren't sharing equipment. And then they were getting programs for strength training, running programs, and also some ball work programs. That was, you know when we were in the thick of COVID. And then when it transitioned, where we were able to hit small groups and then team training, medical staff has been incredible. Just making sure that we're following all protocols and making very clear what we can and can't do. And of course it's been a challenge because for a big chunk of time, we had to survive on Zoom calls where we're talking, you know, team tactics, small individual groups, or even individuals with individuals about tactics using film, analysis, and, and just a lot of Zoom meetings.
2: So now you've got everybody back together and you're on the field training. I'm sure the energy is high and the excitement is climbing. Everybody's chomping at the bit, ready to get back into full competition. Can you talk a little bit about where the team is right now and just your, your excitement for the, uh, the competitive season ahead?
4: Yeah, we have the game against Gotham tonight. We're in the Challenge Cup again, and the Challenge Cup is, it's basically an extension of a preseason. And so we're using the games to try out some different things tactically. We're using the games so we can get connections on the field with new team members. We have O'Hara that's uh, come, Sonnet that's come, Trinity Rodman. So we're trying to integrate them as part of the team. We're definitely looking forward to the season. It's going to be the longest season in the history of the NWSL because it's the first time we've had the Challenge Cup and regular season. It's important that from the start we're able to know that it's a long road and that we're keeping everyone healthy throughout the season and one game won't make or break us, but just to continually build and get better and better to progress into winning games and hopefully winning a championship.
2: So in my conversations with Larry Best, he talked about that the Washington spirit is committed to to creating a new model for leadership and, and a business strategy. And and he he referenced doing things differently to make a difference. I would suspect that spills onto the field and off the field. Do you care to, to share with all of your experience, how do you do that? And what, what does that look like on a day-to-day for you?
4: Again, I was new to the ADP program, which is extending to the college program. And I thought, you know, as an outsider coming from coaching in Europe, I thought it was really just an interesting and excellent opportunity for these young players. So basically we ran them through a training session, just like the Washington spirit. So we train the same things in the same way that the Washington spirit. So what an incredible experience for these young players to train exactly like the Washington spirit. We had some spirit players there. Richie was there, both assistants, Chris and I were there coaching it. I think it was just an incredible experience for these young players to, it's basically a day in the life of a spirit player.
2: That's awesome. Tori, I'm going to bounce back to you. And I'm going to ask you kind of a similar question, doing things differently to make a difference. This has been a year like no other for college coaches, particularly the division one coaches, when we had the pause with the recruiting activities that was put into place with the NCAA. We know now that the recruiting restrictions have been lifted as of June one, it's, it's back to business in what is a new normal. What does that look like for you with recruiting?
5: I'm really, really excited to get back onto the field and watch, you know, this year has been really weird only being able to watch video and, and not being able to have players on campus. I think the, the, the parts I'm most excited about getting back to is one, just being at a game. I think it's everyone can agree, you know, watching video of a player is just not the same, you know, you, you can't get the same feel. There's so many, you know, when I recruit specifically, there's so many intangibles that we look at, you know, soccer is great, but there's so many other things that make a successful player. You just can't get that same feeling and i also miss just going to games you know I, I really i'm really looking forward to actually going to you know 10 games and running around and that crazy feeling you know but the second part is being able to get players to campus you know being able to get them to feel that you know I tell recruits and even people looking at colleges that there's just a feeling you get when you're in the right spot you know when you go on that campus visit and you walk on a campus and you realize that this is where I fit this is where I want to be and you know, so many players have, have not had that opportunity this year to be able to go see these schools and be on campus and, you know, meet the, the current players, meet the coaches, see the facilities. I'm just excited for myself to get back to normal and see the things that I like, but, but also for these, these recruits, these you know, future student athletes to finally get to, to find those places and be on campuses and have that experience.
2: We talk about the college experience and the the drive to compete and to win, and we know that the the NCAA has moved the College Cup to the state of North Carolina, which is awesome for for some of us because I live in Charlotte, so I get to have the luxury of getting to see a lot of games. And I'm, I'm actually getting on the road this afternoon. Tori, during your time in the Carolinas and particularly in the Chapel Hill area, talk a little bit about the soccer culture in that community and potentially what this means, not only to the state of North Carolina, but for the college programs who are showing up to compete in in the, the national tournament if you will please
5: i mean it, it's an amazing place i mean i i remember going to games like i said i i had season tickets to courage games i used to go to every carolina game i remember watching heather o'reilly play and then it was a cool experience when she came back to coach at carolina so i got to know her that way You know, so it's just a really unique place and to have that many schools that have, that compete at such a high level in the area, you know, I think it's really neat. And I think the really interesting caveat of that is you have these really high level programs that actually get to host games. So Campbell, I know Bowie's Creek is a, is a host stadium. So Campbell gets a home first round game, you know, that's, you know, it's a, Chris Mars, is great, like that's such a great program. It's such a unique opportunity. I know on the men's side, Chris Rich at UNCG has the exact same thing, you know, Greensboro is hosting. So they get to host a first round game, you know? So I think it's kind of a really interesting dynamic where you have these, these good mid-major programs that are getting the opportunity to kind of get this little bit of an advantage, which I think is neat. And then, you know, like you said, there's just such a fun culture there. My parents still live in Wilmington and, and they're going to games. They don't know any of the teams, but they're going, they're trying to go to games because that's just, that's just what they do there, you know, and all these, all these people there just love soccer. And I think it's going to be a cool experience. I think you're going to have a lot of fans that maybe you don't have for normal first round games because you know, they're first round games, but people in North Carolina love soccer. They want to go see soccer. They don't care who it is they just they want to go and I I think it's going to be a really really neat experience this year.
1: That's a great setup Trish says you know I'm calling 22 of the games here so I'm in a utopia and then Anna on Saturday I get to go to see courage play Orlando as well as the longtime voice of the North Carolina Courage. so I wanted to come back to you as we wrap up this second segment. And you hear about this excitement of the NCAAs in North Carolina and the expansion of youth. But really, there's not been a better time for women's soccer in this country, in this world. And here you are, this young woman in Mexico City where soccer is everything. You come to the stage. You share the story about your favorite job as being a soccer mom and a proud one to have somebody like Tori coach your daughter. But now that you sit here knowing that you have this your roots to Mexico where soccer is everything, you're seeing this monumental shift for soccer in this country, especially for the women's game. It must make you so proud knowing where you came from.
3: Absolutely. I mean, the, the change that's going on here in the United States towards soccer, it's amazing. I have here a very awesome fun fact. Last year with COVID, we were not allowed to have fans in the stadiums. Yet, the NWSL had a 493% increase in viewership for all of our games that's impressive. There is a real change. The United States has the best women's soccer team in the world, but we want to help grow that fan base, not only for the national team, which is great. Let's grow that for the... New upcoming uh, players, that's one day there may or may not be in the national team. Let's grow our uh, our league. Right now, we are on, the, on our ninth year of the league. And our commitment is, as the Washington spirit, is grow the fan base for the Washington spirit. Grow the fan base for the NWSL. Grow the fan base for girls' and women's soccer. Change the game now. It's about growth. It's about growing the girls' game, growing the women's game the ability to have kids growing up and saying, mom, I want to play soccer and saying, yes, there's a place for you to play soccer. There's a someone that you can look up to. We have players, 18-year-old Trinity Rodman, or we have an experienced player uh, with Kelly O'Hara, or we have an outstanding leader with Andy Sullivan. I want these five-year-olds to grow up and have a, someone to look up to And we want to make sure that our community, all the way from the programs for TOTS from two-year-olds and all the way to college and beyond, that we are here for them. Grow those communities. Tell us how can we help. That's my motto. What can I do to help you?
1: I absolutely love that answer because it tells me, and I was aware of those numbers, and the numbers are continuing to grow, but you're not resting on your laurels, you're getting down into the grassroots, which is what this program is all about as we continue to grow and never take a day for granted as we continue to grow. We're gonna take one more break, come back with Trish Hughes and this amazing panel with the Washington Spirit and Tori Krause right after this. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the digital convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit UnitedSoccerCoachesConvention.org. That's right. You can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer. And again, visit UnitedSoccerCoachesConvention.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Dean Linky with Trish Hughes, the director of college programs for United Soccer Coaches, as we are talking about the NWSL's Washington Spirits Alliance Partnership Program that, yes, includes college coaches like Coach Krause, who's on this, but also includes right down to youth as well. Trish, for the final segment, it's all you with this incredible panel.
2: Kerry, we we talked about the importance of the fans in the stands and and the the impact on players knowing that they have that support around them when they step on the field. Can you talk a little bit about how it's been a challenge in adjusting players' psyche to, you know, the the thrill of the crowd, the energy that it brings to the field, and the the hope that eventually we get back to, to normal capacity? Can you talk a little bit about that, please?
4: Absolutely. Our fans are amazing at Washington Spirit, and we truly, truly miss them. It's like having that 12th man just the fans going crazy when you score it just elevates the atmosphere and it's really amazing and because of covid of course we haven't been able to have them we're slowly integrating them back in the games and even if we're at 25 percent capacity and as we grow a little bit more and more with how many fans we can have back in the stadium we truly truly appreciate all that come and support us and just are vocal and cheering us on and it does like it just it creates a whole nother atmosphere than playing in a massive stadium, Audi, and it's dead silent. So we have Trinity Robbins score, and of course, the players on the sideline are screaming, but that's not making a lot of noise compared to all the fans in the stands. So we definitely look forward to welcoming back the fans. Our fans are absolutely incredible.
2: It sounds like that's a challenge for you and I to show up and see how much noise we can make in the stands. and uh, two I'll drive, voices, I'll drive uh, down. I'll drive two down. Two I'm voices ready. better than no voices. So. So Anna, I'd like to ask you, if you were to uh, sound off here with, with a challenge to the NWSL, how important is this program as an opportunity to celebrate fans and celebrate the, the women on the field and, and the sport of soccer? How can we extend an olive branch to our, our peers in, in the NWSL to say, let's, let's reach out and find ways to create the pathways for college?
3: I'm not 100% sure, but I think that the Spirit is the first club in the NWSL that's been doing this type of partnerships. And I think that it's very important for us, particularly, to approach our community, make sure that we help them with all the resources that we have. College sports in the U.S. is huge. Obviously, I'm not from here, so I didn't grow up with that um, with that background, but I keep listening to my friends. So like, oh yeah, we support the Terps. We support the Mountaineers. We've supported Hoyas. Oh we su- and I didn't know what that was like. And it's so great. So being us a professional soccer team, being able for us to support our college programs, I want to make sure that every single university, every single soccer program in Maryland, Virginia, DC, if they have, if they need something, if we can help, call me. Approaches. let us know what we what can do to help out. Obviously with COVID, there's a lot of things that we cannot do in person yet, but I'm expecting, I'm hoping that in, during the summer we can bring these teams to our training facilities, have them talk to our coaches, have them talk to our players. I wanna know how else we can help, what resources they want from us, making sure that if they need any support in recruiting, in coaching, in mentorship, in leadership, what can we do? Any idea, all ideas are welcome.
2: So Anna, you talked about, you used the word mentorship, which is, is a great segue for me to ask Tori a, a question. Tori, during your, your season, it's my understanding that there were video calls and recordings sent in support of your student athletes as in the build-up to, to game day. Talk a little bit about what these calls and these opportunities for connection meant, because we've lost so much in COVID with human connection and relationships. And, and in the build-up to games, as these videos and uh, game day calls were coming through what that has meant to you and and the program ultimately has done for your program.
5: Yeah. So it was great. So our, our player mentor is Andy Sullivan, which is amazing. So we've been able to get on on a zoom call with her where, the players could ask questions and she could give some advice which was amazing you know it kind of ranged all over the place which was so great and then you know she sent us a video for the start of our season just to say good luck and it's really great and then when she got called up to the national team we were able to send her a video to say good luck and it's just been a really neat thing and, and i've already kind of seen a difference with our players in, in how they watch the game you know they were you know i think a good amount of them were going to watch the national team games you know but there was a different feeling of you know one oh, let's watch, like, let's see if Andy gets in. This is really cool. Like she sent us a video, you, they, they felt that connection. And, and then same with the Spirit games. I'm really good friends with a couple of players on the Spirit. So so we've been really lucky where we've actually had a few players be able to get on calls with us, you know, but it's the same thing where they're able to watch a game now and, and not just watch it, but feel that connection. You know, they feel so much more invested because they know those players. It's, it's almost like their friends are playing and, you know, they, they look a little bit more and it's been really neat. For them to, to hear and, and to feel like these players care about them, because they do, and, and then for them to reciprocate and, and show how much they care and, and are investing back into, into the spirit and into the league.
2: Very good. Carrie. when we talk about success, we always define success, particularly in the pros, as, as wins and losses, which is certainly important for the success of a franchise. But in speaking with Larry Best, it just seems like he looks to redefine success at every opportunity, both on and off the field. That culture of success breeds its way through an organization. Can you talk a little bit about being a part of the Washington spirit and what success means to you all there?
4: Richie is uh, really adamant that uh, winning is a habit. And so we are constantly talking about winning, but we also feel like it's very, very important that the players feel like they're developing and getting better every day. Like you said earlier in the program, it's not about just if we have a win, not just resting on our heels, like always trying to get better as a team, as individuals, we're trying to create a culture within the club of what can we do to serve the players that, you know, Anna had touched on as in when we talk to everyone outside our partners outside, what can we do to serve them? And then just also what can we do to be better every single day and and all that we do. So we're constantly you know, evaluating what we do um, as coaches, as a club, and always asking the question of what more can we do? How can we always get better?
2: Fantastic. So to, to pull all this together, Tori, I'd like to come back to you if you don't mind. Can you talk to me a little bit about what the, the biggest takeaway has been for you with your involvement with this program?
5: It's really just been the, the connection. I think there's so many aspects from a professional standpoint of being able to, you know, communicate and collaborate with the Spirit staff. That's, that's amazing. But at the end of the day, you know, being able to have more people, more mentors, more people for our team to interact with on an individual level to me is just, it's just huge. You know, soccer has obviously done so much for me. I mean, it's why I became a coach, you know, I think that's obvious. And, but there's so many aspects to it, you know, outside of just, just soccer and watching it, learning, you know, competing, getting better at soccer, but also, you know, learning from these amazing women. COVID's been so hard because I'm all about the human connection. I, I absolutely love that. So I think in in the scheme of such a weird year without that, we've really kind of found a way to, to create a new avenue to have those connections. And I think that's just been really, really neat.
2: Fantastic. Carrie, coming back to you, in higher education, we talk about, you know, students are our business and ultimately the student experience is what is most important. In the sport of soccer, we have the soccer funnel that goes from youth soccer to club, college, into the NWSL. And you certainly are at the peak of your career working with an an awesome professional franchise such as the Washington Spirit. But I think what's most humbling to me is that you've taken the time while coaching at this really high level to, to share your time with the youth and the college players And can you just talk a little bit about why that's important to you?
4: It's really important because when I look back at at my playing career, I was also a player and I think back to not necessarily the times that I've had a team that's been most successful winning championships, but more about who has impacted my life the most, what coaches have impacted my life and why. And I think it's, it's really important to give back, especially as a female coach, Can we get more female coaches in the game? Can we get back to the game? I think that's um, also having experience playing professionally. What can I do? to set other people, coaches, players up for success for their future, because I had the same people do it for me. I have many, many, many people that impacted my success as a coach and as a player, and I will be in contact with them forever. I will be forever grateful. And I hope also to to be that positive impact in, in other players' lives.
2: I'm feeling so inspired, Carrie. Like I said, when you play tonight, I'm gonna be shouting for my new friend on the sideline with the Washington Spirit. Awesome. Anna, and I'm going to bounce back to you, if you will. If, if you were to sound off on a challenge to the other NWSL teams, can you talk a little bit about why is this important and, and what would be the message you would send to peer organizations within the NWSL on why they should consider this program?
3: Look, Trish, I think that we are in a very elite position. This league is the first league in the women's soccer league that's lasted this long and we're growing stronger. So, Let's make sure that we not only give back to our to our community, to our college programs, to our youth programs, but also let's make sure that we make this league stronger. How do we make this league stronger? We make this league stronger by getting fans in the stands. Why? How are we going to get fans in the stands if they don't know we're here? So let's make sure that they know we're here. Let's support their programs. Our college kids, they're going to be out of school in freshmen in four years, seniors this summer. Let's make sure that they stay fans of the game, not only of their school, but of the game. Grow the game at all levels. Literally, the way we can grow the, the, the league is, as I said, bringing fans to the to the stands, making sure that that 493% of increased viewership that we had last year keeps growing. How do we do that? We encourage our players to watch our games. You can't go to the field because you are in finals. Take two hours of your day, put a uh, Paramount Plus and go watch our games. That's how we grow the game. And in exchange, these partnerships are absolutely free of charge. But what are we giving back? You tell me what you want, what what you want? What can I do? We, we can do coaching seminars. We can do invite you to trainings once it, we're allowed. We'll do sumo sessions. We'll do mentorship programs. Tell me what you need, what can we give you, and we'll try to make it happen. If it's possible, if it's allowed, we have a lot of NCAA and uh, a lot of NWSL rules that we have to follow, and we will follow them.
4: Mm
3: -hmm. You tell me, how can I help you? In exchange, all we ask, help us grow the game. If that is done by every single NWSL team, by every single MLS team, we are gonna grow soccer here in America. It's grown so much in the last years. We can do more. I don't think that there's a, there's a ceiling. We can do more. Let's go make sure that every kid, every adult in the US knows that soccer is here to stay and is here to grow. And women's game, we're strong, we can do this, we're going to do this, and we need your help.
2: Well, i got to say, uh, as a, a young girl growing up in the streets of Dublin who was given an opportunity through the sport of soccer to come to the USA, I worked as a college coach. Carrie, I didn't make it into the pros. I had an opportunity, a small stint with the national team, but, I, but I'm But i now a mom of a six-year-old about to embark on my biggest coaching responsibility of my career, might I say, But in all of my experiences, I continue to be inspired by awesome women and men who who raise the game up and and support our our, our kids and our student athletes and our pros. And I'm just thrilled for the opportunity to be a part of this. Again, I I pinch myself every day saying I got the coolest gig in the world working with United Soccer Coaches. But, you know, in in my role, I want to share the best stories we can tell about our college coaches and and just the awesome mentoring and leadership experiences that, that, that they are engaged in. Dean, I'm going to kick this back to you. It's been an absolute pleasure. Kerry, good luck tonight. I really appreciate your time and Anna as well and and Tori, you're going to hear from me again soon. So thank you all very much. This has been outstanding.
1: And thank you, Trish Hughes, for jumping right in in your new role of director of college programs and also seeing what this podcast can bring. You are always welcome because you always bring wonderful people. I was moved by all of you. Anna, I love your story. Carrie, the fact that you're dedicating so much time at that high of level is incredible. And of course, Tori, I love your ties to UNC and all you've done to continue to get better. Thank you so much for being part of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team SNAP.
5: Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
1: Wow, what an incredible collection of inspiring women moving the game forward. Washington spirit, job well done indeed. And thank you, Trish Hughes, for bringing this incredible panel. We're not done, you may not know it, but April is Autism Acceptance Month. Not Autism Awareness Month, we're past that. It's Autism Acceptance Month. Sean Danhauser who's done an amazing job with the Disability Allies Group with United Soccer Coaches. He was the USYS Top Soccer Coach of the Year. He also won the Disability Allies Award of Excellence from United Soccer Coaches. This guy is the real deal. He has a son who has autism, and he is all in, and we are the better for it. Sean Danhauser to wrap up the show when we return. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast for a great final segment that I just tease going to break as we are pleased to be joined by a superstar, Sean Danhauser. He's been collecting awards like Academy Awards, like he's the top film man. He just won the Disability Allies Award of Excellence for United Soccer Coaches at the Digital Convention. During that same time, he was named the USYS Top Soccer Coach of the Year, and he's been a longtime advocate for United Soccer Coaches also with Top Soccer. We'll get into that again. And then, of course, he has a son, Jake, with autism. This is Autism Awareness Month. Nope, it's not. It's now Autism Acceptance Month. I like that change, Sean. So let's start with that because this year it was changed to Autism Acceptance Month. Amen, right? Absolutely, and it's been
6: a long time coming because the start of the actual uh, awareness month uh, started back in the 70s, so nearly, nearly 50 years ago. So I feel like enough has not been done to create awareness and create knowledge that autism exists and what it looks like, and now it's time for, for action, and that's what the term acceptance means to me, is actually doing things that accommodate this community And making sure that they live to their fullest potential, but it means action and acceptance. Mean bring them into the fold of the community and let's uh, let's you know adapt to their needs, have them fully integrated.
1: Well, you've been very clear that you know having a son with autism, Jake, that led you to action. But I feel like even if you didn't have a son with autism, Sean, I think there's something about you that would have drawn you to support disability and allies group. Make that connection between both Jake and. The, just what's in that big old heart of yours?
6: So I think that uh, you, you know probably the the empathy would have still have been there regardless. However, having Jake in my life certainly brought it to the forefront quicker. I would say it's just so important to me. I, I love this game so much. I want to make sure that anybody that is interested in playing has access to the game, which really kind of drives me to be so active in the disability community, uh, making sure that we're creating programs that allow players and athletes to, to get involved and actually play the game and not be just sitting on the sideline watching others. So Jake certainly uh, expedited things. Perhaps I would've got there uh, a little later as a result, but uh, I love what I do. I love being involved with this these communities
1: and making sure that they're taken care of. For you, it's autism awareness, Every day. What's the big association for autism? Is there a national one, or there's a few?
6: I would say the probably you know the the overarching one uh, in in our country is the Autism Society of America. Probably the best known one is Autism Speaks, and there's a lot of organizations that are more on the the local, state, regional level as well. So uh, you really have. Uh, a lot of competing organizations with similar goals, kind of competing for time. But in this month in particular, everyone's on board with really spreading the word as best as possible. And like I said, the, you know, it's great that now we're kind of shifting our fo- focus from uh, creating awareness. And I think that you know, if, if you're not aware of autism, I, I'd be surprised because it's become so prevalent. It's, it's about nearly 2% of all children are diagnosed on the spectrum and uh and that doesn't even include the the children that aren't diagnosed and uh between the you know uh, young kids and adults we're talking about 5 million individuals approximately in the U.S. So I think, you know, if you don't know somebody with autism, uh, you know, you, you don't have a very large network. But, you know, certainly if you, you know, some people have people in their family or their neighbors or their friends, the awareness is is, is has been done to a large degree, I think. There's always still some work to be done, but now it's time to move into action and certainly create more programs because we're, uh, you know, the one thing that isn't talked about is, you know, is the services available to the autism community and to other intellectual disabilities as well, you know, it continues pretty well up until age 22 and then it is shut down. You get nothing after that. So we are headed for what I call, you know, a cliff with young adults transitioning into adulthood who will no longer have access to services like they had growing up and still need help. So it's imperative that we create this acceptance in the greater society so that we can work with those young adults and you know other adults with autism and other intellectual disabilities and other physical
1: disabilities so that they can live to their fullest potential and improve our society as a whole. Now, as we think about that autism acceptance and knowing that at 22, it comes to a crashing halt, what can we be doing as, again, I actually have a nephew that has autism. What can all of us be doing to try to stop that? Can we petition, should we call our congressmen or what, what can we be doing, Sean?
6: Well, I think you know, the best thing you can do is just act locally, right? You Think globally, act locally, look at you know, the, the, the school systems you're involved with, you know, making sure that they're doing their part, talk to local businesses about hiring people with disabilities, just create it around you and, you know, and just be very adamant when you see an opportunity that you express, hey, you know, what, what can you do to foster inclusion for people in disability where it's about inclusion? We want to be make sure that, you know, like my child and other people's child and other, other adults with disabilities have opportunities to succeed and be a part of society in the way that every parent wishes hopes their child
1: will be involved quick soundbite on winning all these awards does jake realize that you're winning him he must be super excited as well <laughs> i'm not 100 percent sure um that he, he
6: grasps the significance of it he likes to play with the uh the, the trophies i've gotten and stuff so i'm waiting for the day he drops one uh but uh he's uh yeah, i think more than anything all jake wants to do is play you know so um We've already started our uh, top soccer season a couple weekends ago, so he's excited just to be outside again, see his his friends, you know, his peer network, just playing again. I think he's, you know, like like all of us, he's, he's sick of being stuck at home with mom and dad.
1: Well, finally, can you, as you know, I like to promote, whether it's top soccer or whether it's the Autism Society of America or some of the other groups that you talked about, Are there some websites that you can plug as we wrap up our time today, Sean? Sure. I would
6: uh, absolutely encourage uh, anyone interested. Start off with... uh getting involved with the United Soccer Coaches Disability Allies Council as well. Um, We're always looking for members. We're always looking for people that want to help promote inclusion in the game. And, uh, you know, it doesn't prevent you from being involved with the other groups either, but join us as well. And then I would say if you have, uh, you know, uh, a, a child with a disability, I think, you know, the two major groups that cater to all disabilities would be U.S. Youth soccer's top soccer program and the AYSO VIP program. Uh, We're we're on similar missions. We do things in a very similar way. We just have different parent organizations. But then there's other disability-specific programs. But I think if you start at the Disability Allies Council, we can help steer you in the direction that's best for maybe your, your interest level or your specific disability, because there's definitely some great specific disability soccer programs out there. You know, the Paralympic seven aside for players with CP and stroke and TBI. Uh, we have deaf soccer teams. We're building out uh, blind soccer teams. And now we're starting to build at the you know youth levels, some, some pathway programs that uh, can, can lead future athletes to play for the national team. How cool is that? That's really cool,
1: yeah. Sean, everything about you is cool and everything about getting you on here before Autism Acceptance Month runs out because it needs to be Autism Acceptance Day every day. I know you believe that as well, Sean.
6: <laughs> yeah, and uh, one thing that uh, it can be easy to forget for parents that have children with disabilities, it's an everyday thing so we don't get a day off. We don't, a true vacation generally. So um, I would just say for, for those listeners out there, if you know somebody that has a child with special needs, you know, try to recognize that, that, you know, there's going to be days that maybe they're not, not as responsive or don't want to talk so much. It's, we have bad days more often than, uh, a lot of people, so not to single us out, but uh, just be aware that uh, you know it's, uh, it's 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 a tough diagnosis to live with as a parent because it's it's an everyday thing. It's great that we get to highlight it in April for for parents that have children with autism, but you know we, we need uh, you know you know every every parent needs a you know a day of their own. That's for sure. But uh, uh, just you know be be helpful and
1: mindful of that, and uh, just. Accepting is what I would say. Well said, Sean Danhauser. I have time for you all day, every day. Thank you so much for wrapping up the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap.
6: Thank you, Dean. I appreciate all the help you give give us all the time.
1: Great to spend time with Sean Danhauser. Also want to thank Trish Hughes and the amazing panel she had discussing the partnership with the Washington Spirit, helping youth clubs and colleges as well. Unbelievable access with the Washington Spirit. I love the entire show. Also want to thank Sean Chevron and Bailey Conklin from United Soccer Coaches and our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them and all of you, I'm Dean Linke. We'll see you next week. For another edition of the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap.
0: Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by TeamSnap. To learn more, visit UnitedSoccerCoaches.org and TeamSnap.com.